Section 11D, Civilian Programs. 11.18, Civilian Personnel Programs. The Air Force provides civilian personnel services through installation civilian personnel flights, usually located in the Force Support Squadron and Air Force Personnel Center. Civilian personnel sections must provide service to all civilian employees to ensure they are included in the Air Force Civilian Personnel Program unless otherwise approved through Headquarters Air Force. 11.19 Position Descriptions Civilian employees, except federal employees who are grade general schedule 15, do not have a rank. Instead, civilian employees take the grade of the position they occupy. Since the position is graded, not the employee, detailed written job descriptions are the basis for determining pay, qualification requirements, performance expectations, and appraisal ratings. Position descriptions historically have covered duties, responsibilities, and supervisory controls. The Air Force has expanded the scope of core personnel documents to include performance standards, qualifications required for recruitment, and training requirements for new employees. Supervisors are responsible for core personnel document accuracy and implementation of standard core personnel documents. By selecting standard core personnel documents, supervisors save time for themselves and classification specialists who would need to determine the correct pay plan or schedule, occupation series or code, and grade for a new document. Standard core personnel documents can be used as templates for unique core personnel documents requiring new classification analysis. 11.20. Filling Jobs Vacant civilian positions are filled based on an organization's needs using a variety of recruitment sources and appointing authorities consistent with applicable laws, regulations, directives, and policies as established by the Office of Personnel Management, Department of Defense, and Department of the Air Force. Referral and selection priorities must be observed when filling competitive service positions. Employees with mandatory selection or priority referral rights normally include those adversely affected by reduction in force, involuntary separation, demotion, transfer of function declinations, or transfer of work outside the commuting area, overseas returnees, civilian spouses, or spouses of regular Air Force military following a change in duty location. Supervisors work in concert with their servicing human resource specialist in the civilian personnel sections or Air Force Personnel Center to determine appropriate recruitment sources. As a vacancy for competitive fill actions is announced, candidates are screened by Air Force Personnel Center and one or more lists of candidates are referred to the supervisor. Based on qualifying experience and or education, civilians can enter civil service at different pay grade levels. The competitive staffing process used by the Air Force and other federal agencies determines the relative qualifications of the candidates and refers only the best qualified for selection. The Office of Personnel Management provides agencies with qualification standards written broadly for government-wide application. 11.21 Civilian Resource Management the availability of performance payout and numbers of authorized civilian positions compromise the baseline for civilian employment levels. Civilian pay funds are needed for civilian overtime, awards, bonuses, student loan repayment program, seasonal and longer-term overhires, voluntary separation incentive payments to minimize involuntary reduction in force separations, 
and severance pay for affected employees as a result of reduction in force. Accurate requirement projections and development of employment plans are critical to support the overload demand within budget while executing work years, end strength, and civilian pay resource. Civilian resource management is dependent on a team of leaders to include commanders, senior leaders, human resource officers, financial managers, and manpower officers who determine effective use of employees, funds, and manpower authorizations to meet mission requirements. A corporate board structure is used for meeting at least quarterly to manage annual appropriations, resolving funds, or reimbursements used for civilian employment costs. 11.22 Training and Development Air Force policy provides for necessary training to improve skills needed in employee performance. Supervisors are responsible for determining training requirements and working with the civilian personnel sections or education and training functions to identify appropriate training sources. A training needs survey is conducted annually to provide supervisors an opportunity to project training requirements for the upcoming fiscal year, but supervisors may request an out-of-cycle training need at any time during the year. Supervisors should encourage civilian employees to independently pursue training and education that will prepare them for promotion or develop them for career transitions. The Servicing Employee Development Specialist is available to assist in training needs analysis and identification of methods and training sources. For additional information, refer to AFI 36-401, Civilian Training Education and Professional Development. Sources of Training The three primary sources of training are agency, Air Force, interagency, and non-government. Training that is conducted away from the worksite is requested, approved, and documented using Standard Form 182, Authorization, Agreement, and Certification of Training. Agency Training Agency training is conducted by the Air Force and may include on-the-job training, in-house training, and Air Force formal schools. On-the-job training and in-house training are often the most effective because the supervisor tailors the training to meet the specific job requirements. In-house training is effective when a large number of employees need instruction on common aspects of occupational skill requirements. More formalized agency classroom training is available through Air Force formal schools listed in the web-based Education and Training Course Announcements, ETCA, located at https colon slash slash etca dot randolph dot af dot mil slash interagency training interagency training includes all training sponsored by other u.s government agencies and may be needed if agency resources are not adequate to meet identified training needs the office of personnel management the departments of army and navy and the Departments of Labor and Agriculture are just a few sources from which to obtain interagency training. Non-governmental training. Non-governmental sources incorporate a wide range of seminars, conferences, courses, and workshops, as well as curricula offered by private educational institutions. Federal regulations require agencies to consider and select government training sources before turning to non-governmental alternatives. However, Non-governmental sources may be considered when agency or interagency courses cannot satisfy a training need or when non-governmental training is more advantageous. 
11.23 Performance Planning, Appraisals, and Awards for Employees Civilian employees are advised of duties and responsibilities of their jobs and the supervisor's performance expectation in their core personnel document. Performance standards prescribe how a particular element or duty must be accomplished. Supervisors set performance elements, duties, and tasks for civilian employees and determine the major important requirements of the job based on the employee's direct contribution to organization or work unit objectives. Employees receive annual appraisals on how well they perform their duties. The performance appraisal is the basis for personnel actions to identify and correct work performance problems, recognize and reward quality performance, improve productivity, and grant periodic pay increases. Supervisors review employee performance of each element and rate the performance against each element's standards, then render an overall summary rating. Employees who fail one or more performance elements are administered an unacceptable appraisal and are given an opportunity to improve. Supervisors may reward employees to recognize high performance. Performance awards, performance cash, time off, and quality step increases can be used as tools to motivate general schedule and federal wage system employees to perform above an acceptable level as well as compensate them for performing beyond expectations. Effective management of the Performance Awards program can help improve productivity and morale in the organization. 11.24 Standards of Conduct AFI 36-703 Civilian Conduct and Responsibility and DOD 5500.07-R Joint Ethics Regulation covers activities that are mandatory for civilian employees and activities that are prohibited. All employees are expected to maintain high standards of honesty, responsibility, and accountability, and to adhere to the Air Force core values of integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do. Required activities include furnishing testimony in official investigations and hearings consistent with protections against self-incrimination, paying lawful debts and taxes, being present for work unless authorized to be absent, complying with health, safety, and all other proper instructions regarding work, presenting a positive public image, complying with reasonable dress and grooming standards, and maintaining professional relationships with fellow workers, subordinates, and supervisors. Prohibited actions include discrimination and sexual harassment, drug and alcohol abuse, misuse of government purchase cards, misuse of government computers, vehicles, and other equipment, taking bribes, conducting personal business at work, and criminal behavior off-duty that reflect adversely on Air Force employment. The Air Force does not attempt to list all possible forms of improper conduct, but emphasizes to employees that misconduct will not be tolerated. 11.25. Civilian Pay General Schedule Employee Pay is expressed as an annual salary. The General Schedule grades have 10 steps in each grade. Within grade or step, increases start at one-year intervals, but slow to three-year intervals in the higher steps. All General Schedule pay rates in the United States include locality pay. Pay rates overseas do not include locality pay and are approximately 10% lower than United States rates. General schedule pay scales normally increase in January through the legislative process. The federal wage system consists of wage grade, wage leader, and wage supervisor, 
Federal wage system grades have five steps in which grade increases start at six-month intervals and slow to two-year intervals. The federal wage system pay is expressed as hourly wage rates. Federal wage system rates vary more between local areas than general schedule. Federal wage system rates may also be increased annually, but on an area-by-area -area basis throughout the year. For additional information on civilian pay, refer to AFI 36-802 Pay Setting. 11.26 Work Hours Civilian work schedules are defined in such terms as administrative work week, basic work week, regular tour of duty, uncommon tour of duty, and part-time tour of duty. Most civilians work a regular tour of duty, which is normally five eight-hour days, Monday through Friday. Uncommon tours of duty, a 40-hour basic work week that includes Saturday and or Sunday or fewer than five days, but not more than six days of a seven-day administrative work week are authorized when necessary for mission accomplishment. Special circumstances permit part-time, intermittent, or special tours of duty. Installation and tenant commanders establish, by written order, daily work hours to include designated rest and lunch periods. Two types of alternate work schedules can be implemented by organization commanders. Flexible work schedules allow employees to start and end work at different times. Compressed work schedules cover 80 hours in a pay period in fewer than 10 workdays. The most common schedule has four nine-hour days each week, an eight-hour day in one week, and a regular day off in the other week. For additional information on work hours, refer to AFI 36-807, Scheduling of Work, Holiday Observances, and Overtime. 11.27, Absence and Leave. Civilian employees earn 13 days of sick leave each year and 13, 20, or 26 days of annual leave, depending on their length of service. There is no cap on sick leave. Annual leave accumulation is capped off at 30 days for most general schedule and federal wage system employees. Employees working overseas can accumulate 45 days of annual leave. Annual leave is used for vacations and or personal reasons, and should be approved in advance of being taken, unless emergency conditions exist. Leave is charged and taken in 15-minute increments. Sick leave for medical appointments or care for a family member should be scheduled and approved in advance, except in cases of emergency. Illness or injury that keeps an employee away from work should be reported to a supervisor during the first two hours of the duty day. Absence for jury duty, dismissals for extreme weather conditions, or absences excused by the installation commander are not charged to annual leave. Employees who have earned compensatory time for overtime or time off awards should schedule absences to use that time like they schedule annual leave. For additional information on absence and leave, refer to AFI 36-815, Absence and Leave, 11.28, Unions and Labor Management. Approximately 70% of Air Force civilian employees are covered by labor agreements between unions and installations or major commands. As such, they are members of the bargaining unit, even if they are not dues-paying union members. Unions have legal status under federal law. A labor relations officer or specialist in the civilian personnel section is the usual liaison between supervisors and other management officials and union officials. 
The labor relations officer speaks for management in routine communications with the union and with parties outside the Air Force who have roles in labor contract negotiations and dispute resolution. Other union officials, such as elected officers and appointed officials, may act and make commitments for unions. For additional information on unions and labor management, refer to AFI 36-701, Labor Management Relations. 11.29. Dispute Resolution Civilian employees have a variety of avenues to resolve disputes. Labor management contracts must include a negotiated grievance procedure to be used by members of the bargaining unit. Most start with an option to seek resolution using outside neutral facilitators or mediators, alternative dispute resolution. Supervisors, managers, and employees who are not covered by a collective bargaining agreement or who are not members of the bargaining unit follow different grievance procedures. Administrative grievances are decided by Air Force officials, usually the installation commander or designee, although outside fact-finders may be used. For additional information on dispute resolution and grievances, refer to DOD Instruction 1400.25, DOD Civilian Personnel Management System.